Now you're saying what I've done for myself, right? It's a lot, but I'll try to um, make public the ones that I want to make public. Even the ones that I've never made public on certain platforms, I'll try and make them public here as well. Now, um, where do I even start from? Properties, properties are the, the most important for me though. You know, it's, it's what gives you that solid foundation, right? I have I have vast amount of properties, you know, landed properties. I have acres of land, you know, that I have like some specific projects I'm doing. So I have a real estate company back home, very huge one, though, you know, <laughs> yeah, that are doing massive stuff. I, I literally built my own house and I was using my house as a prototype for what I wanted to do. Wow. So my first house, I bought them, though, right? I have an apartment, I bought them. I have a house that I bought and then I have like, I like it's like it's it's a villa, right? A huge house that I built, but I built that house more like a challenge for what's going to come off from my project, my real estate company. My real estate company is called Swift Development, right? Now, if you understand the real meaning of the word Swift, it's like fast, right? So if you look at that huge house, and then anybody who's been in construction for a long time, asking, how long does it, do you think this is going to take? They're going to tell you, it might have taken bare minimum one year or two years or stuff like that. It literally took me about four months. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy, Calvin, the new trader. We are back again with an interview. And today's guest, I'm super excited because so many of you, so many of my fellow new beginner developing trading family, you guys have been asking about this trade, all right? You guys have been asking, Calvin, you got to get more of our African brothers on the podcast. And this particular trader right here has been highly requested. And I'm so thankful that he has given us a little bit of his time today. And uh, I'm just excited, man. This this young brother right here not only is encouraging people from all walks of life that you can do it. You can make it in this industry if you learn and you dedicate yourself to the journey. Um, he's not only inspiring us, motivating us, but he's an example that it oh. is possible. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further delay, welcome Kojo Forex to the podcast. What's up, Kojo? How you doing, my brother? I'm good, bro. I'm good, Kelvin. It's a pleasure to be on your platform. I mean, to share my vast knowledge and experience over the years. I mean, been doing inspirational stuff and then putting in hard work so i've seen what you've been doing as well i've been watching a few of your videos so being able to be on your platform now and then to share my part of you know my experience and journey for new entrants traders i mean it's a pleasure so i'm happy to to be here as well yes man it is a honor to have you bro like i said before we got on what you are doing, man, bringing hope and you are touching so many people's lives. And let me tell you something, brother, the people are being impacted by what you're doing. So I don't care what any negative comment says. I don't care what anybody's opinion is. I'm telling you right now, bro, I have so many messages, so many emails Get Kojo on the platform. So, my brother, you keep doing what you're doing because we absolutely are loving it. Now, I want to dig into this, bro, because you have such a different perspective when it comes to the skill set. Um, you actually went to school to actually be a investment banker. You weren't just a guy that just stumbled upon Forex and was like, hmm, maybe I'll do this. You actually had plans to make a lot of money and you went to school to be involved in the financial industry. Can you talk to us about what, what type of knowledge or what type of exposure to wealth and finances did you have early on that made you say to yourself, I'm gonna go to school and I'm gonna be in this financial industry one way or another? 
Okay, um, that's an interesting one. So personally, when it comes to me, um, education is important in my family. You know, um, we don't underestimate the importance of education in my family. My father is an academician. My uncles are professors. And then uh, I have a few doctors and like basically like people of a career path in my in my family. So it's like uh, we don't underestimate uh, the level of um, high-end education that you need to get. But now um, shifting it into, into business, uh, my father is also, I'd say he's a policeman and then again, um, an educationist. So in the police service, they have like people that um, teach in the police service. They like, he's one of those people that will teach um, new entrant policemen. So it's like, he is a teacher before he entered the police service and he's also a teacher in the police service as well, in Ghana as well. And, and for him, it's like he's had a good perspective of um, life and then direction towards making money. And um, it's always been his, I'll say, notion or hard-earned idea that you, you need to have studied business to make a lot of money. Now, my talent is, my talent is art, right? And, and then I'll connect it to how it even helps in my trading. My talent is art, right? I like technical stuff. Uh, I used to I used to be very good at uh, in in high in junior high school we had a subject in Ghana it's also pretty much in most of West African countries they call it the pre technical skills right so it's like a skill set that you need especially if you want to go into architectural architectural career like drawing uh, houses and buildings and stuff like that. I I had that skill set more like a talent it came to me very easy and I like I, that's what I wanted to do. And I've seen my dad literally imposed, you know, business. I'm like, ah, no, I don't know anybody who's made money. I want you to go study business. I'm like, okay, no problem. I mean, he's the one paying the fees. So I can't complain. <laughs> like, no problem. And it didn't come as a problem to me. You know, some kids, when their parent direct them to somewhere, it can become like a huge feud between the parent and the child because the child's like, I don't want to study medicine. Why do you want me to study medicine? Yeah. <laughs> but me, I felt like, I had the brains to study any any um, um, course model that you put me into. Uh, early on, um, you, you see, one realization with myself is that I knew my, my capabilities very early, and I didn't I didn't also wait for anybody to tell me. You know, for some time, for some people's like we are so trained to be so modest that you cannot even recognize your own self that you are smart or you are intelligent. For me, I just knew that like God gave me that gift. I did not bestow it upon myself. Like I knew that if I learn, the understanding comes as easy than most of my colleagues would grasp it on the first hand. So it was like I felt early on as a childhood with that orientation that anywhere you put me, even if you say, hey, Kojo, I want you to go study medicine, <laughs> I can just fit in. Go study physics. I can just. So when my dad said, go study business, I'm like, okay, no problem. I'm going to do it. Mm. Now, and that's and that's cool. Um, we had about four business classes, right? Now, there was one that was particularly prioritized. It did elective math. It's like one of the hardest mathematics you can do around in Africa. And then you need to write um, um, an aptitude test. And then a few best students are going to be selected to that class. And then I wrote that test and I was selected. So like my class generally had always been that extremely competitive um, class, you know. But, but when I went into that class, I fell in love with business. I, I realized that like uh there's so many it's like life in itself is business you know 
like living life in itself, how to manage your money, how to manage your finances. Like it doesn't matter if you're a pharmacist, a doctor, an electrician, a plumber, you need some, you know, basic financial skills to be able to thrive and become successful in life. So being that I started learning about all those stuff, like I might as well have been lucky to be in this place in the first place, you know, and then because of that, I, I turned all energy and focus into really learning not only about school stuff, more like, okay, chill, uh, regurgitate and write exams and pass. I'm like, I want to understand the practical aspect of all of these things that I was doing, you know. So like when I go to school, I'm always like reading books that affect entrepreneurship and then relate back to the course that I'm studying. If you study entrepreneurship, I'm like, how can I use this? If you study financial management, I'm like, how can I use this? If you study macroeconomics, I'm like, how can I apply this in, in real world? And then what also came in handy in my pursuit still learning business was that I started really only predominantly watching uh, business-inclined movies. You know, mm. I'm not a fan of anime. I'm not a fan of sci-fi. I'm not a fan of all this uh, novel lo- love. And uh, I just want anything that is related to like, like business. I think, you know, like trading business or finance or accountants. Like, and they, they, they know there are a lot of movies that are produced in that, you know, um, I'd say niche or, or, or they're almost always producing some uh, novel love and stuff. So the few ones that are out there, they're really good. You know, we have the boiler room, we have the Love trader of Wall Street. You know, so you'd watch those movies and like you, 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 the moment you you're you're a little bit more in business inclined in terms of like your experience, academia or whatever it is that you're watching this type of movies, you know, you tend to, you know, feel more into those movies than somebody who is in a different uh, I'd say um, uh, who has a different background or a different come from a different, you know, let's say somebody who's doing uh, uh what's the name? For somebody who is doing law, they would love suit, you know, but for somebody who is doing, uh, let me say, uh, chemical engineering or something, they would love that series, but it's it's not really going to be too, you know. And for somebody who is doing, let's say, business, if they're watching the series Billions, they're going to love Billions. But for somebody who is doing, let's say, uh, uh, biology or something, they're watching Billions, they're talking about stocks and, you know, trading and unless you really have that interest, you're not really going to be. So I started loving those movies as well, you know? Mm. And so uh, what even made it extremely more interesting for me was uh, the lifestyle that they portrayed there. You know, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to sit here and lie, but the lifestyle heavily attracted me. I'm a man that, that cherishes, you know, maximizing life's potential, you know, enjoying the good things of life. Anytime I'm on the internet, I'm on YouTube, I'm, on, I'm watching any video, like if this man is flying around in private jet, you know, um, living in huge mansion, driving huge cars, they're no human than me, you know, like it. we all have blood flowing through us, we all have two eyes, we all have, you know, mouth to speak, we all have hands to act, we all have brains to think, you know, so, and life in itself is basically very short, you know, like, I can't quite remember how the last time I was like, let's say, like 15 years. And now suddenly I'm like 30 years, you know, two times 15 years already. Before you you know it, Kelvin, I'm like approaching 40 years already. So life in itself generally <laughs> is very short, you know. So so why not, you know, uh, maximize your living when you have the time on earth, you know. So, so I don't also more like I'd say I'm not extremely a materialistic person like in all us I still have to have it but I still exert my potential to get to enjoy the good things of life and then make life extremely easy. So coming to business I realized that like 
it, it makes it makes it extra i'd say um smoother than so many other spheres do you know and 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 um of course you know we have like some some dentists some uh, uh different spheres of uh, occupation that do well but at the end of the day they have like an accountant who's managing their money you know so imagine that you are an entrepreneur uh, or you're a businessman and then you still understand your books you still understand your finances you know it's like you have the you have the competitive advantage in the first place and nobody can see any initiative you know you're not really going to understand <laughs> you know you understand everything that that is being is being set out linking it to um linking it to the market and linking it to the professional space you know I, of course like from all the conversations we have you see that i've had like so much insight into looking into these spheres and understand this is where the real money is, you know. I was blessed to also really come of the notion that the financial market is what really controls the world. You know, the world, I like to tell my people, the world revolves around the financial market and something that I, I, I perceived or cultivated very early on, you know, before I even like got so engrossed in trading, I realized that like everything is just, uh, if you're talking about uh, the uh, recession, if you're talking about uh, inflation, if you're talking about everything in the economy is related to the financial market, financial market, financial market. You know, this is a field that really moves the market or really moves the world. Then why not like be so involved in it? And then then comes, you know, we're talking about investment bankers. We're talking about hedge funds. We're talking about stuff. And when I was doing business, right, mm-hmm. uh, in the investment business school, uh, I specifically opted for the accounting option, right? Also because that was what my dad wanted me to do. You know, today we look back and I tell him that, you know what, you I realized that you wanted me to really go through the route of business to make money or be successful, but the specialization that you made me choose, it's not exactly the one that would have, you know, killed the deal for me, you know, because accounting is very rigid. Accounting doesn't let you do any flexibility and stuff. Accounting has its own set principle. You're doing the we have something called gap, right? Uh, general accounting, generally accepted accounting principles. You know, it's like a rules and procedure set that, okay, balance this, fix this figure here, do this here. You cannot say, okay, I'm Kuju, I'm flexible, I introduced something new, let's follow this procedure. It doesn't exist in accounting. It's it's really rigid. Yeah. But finance, you can be flexible. You know, finance allows you to be very, very flexible. And funny thing is that I was doing well so much in my finance courses than I was doing in my accounting courses, even though account was my speciality. You know, so when I was done with uni, I'm like, I'm not going to go into accounting anymore. Most of my colleagues, they studied accounting to become professionals in uh, auditing firms and then have their uh, 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 chartered accountants. You have the ACCA, uh, which is a global charter. We have the ICA in Ghana and stuff like that. I'm like, I don't want any of those things. This is where I end my accounting career. I want to go into the professional space of like trading and stuff. And and luckily for me, I had already started um, trading from there on because I started trading my first year in uni. But uh, um, now uh, I realized also that from the from the place that I was coming from, it was extremely easy. It was extremely difficult to get to the level that I really wanted to get to, which is like the the Wall Street level in, in life, you know, yeah. because that was where all the movies that I was watching were related to, you know, like the Wall Street, like you're seeing these guys killing huge deals. And I realized that even in that level, for the most part, every movie that I watch or any, any person that I was looking up to, they had a, a specific branch in that, you know, financial space that they were more 
heavily into which came to the hedge fund space, right? Now I researched about hedge funds in my sub-region. Uh, to your surprise, there wasn't anyone I could even point my hands on. Like, how come? Like, you know, we're in part of the world where like internet is it's not even a problem anymore. We, I mean, I, I know that in, in a foreign in the foreign world, in the American, North American stuff like that, people have some very dark perspective about Africa, but things have heavily changed, you know. So I was, I was expecting that I'd find like, you know, some of these firms and stuff like they were not. They were nowhere to be found. Those that were there were extremely secretive. Not even going to be able to identify where their offices were. So that I might as well, you know, start from where I am now and get to that place. You know, so so when I ended my 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 finance background, my accounting background, like everything I'm going to do there on is going to be finance inclined. And then it came on with not only like academic studies but also networking. You know, speaking with people abroad, speaking with people in the investment world, speaking with like I'm almost always connecting. You know. But but I got also accept and appreciate where I was, which is like the retail space, you know. So like now, if you if you ask me what I do, we all analyze our chart on trading view, we all take our shares on the MT4, we all analyze our trend lines and stuff like that. But but if you go deep and deep into the investment banking world, hedge fund world, you realize that it's extremely different. It's totally different from from what we do. But you can say that uh you, you want to skip the process you know especially if you know your circumstance so you have to do well where you are and then you link it towards like where you're going so it's it's kind of be like a, a lengthy journey with me if you ask me that. i mean let me just cut it short here we'll continue with more you know, the more you ask <laughs> no man that that is perfect kojo uh listen bro that right there is perfect simply because it's showing the in-depth process of how deep you go when you do things, right? What's up, traders? It's your boy Calvin, a new trader. Sorry for interrupting today's podcast episode, but did you know that one of the reasons that traders like you and I fail our prop firm challenges is simply because we violate our daily drawdown? And more specifically than that, a lot of times we violate our daily drawdown not even knowing that we're breaching the account. We just get these emails and we get notified and we're like, oh man, how did I do that? I didn't know that I was near my daily drawdown, but there is a solution to this problem. And when you're looking to get funded, you want to rock with a prop firm that is making the journey easier for you. And one prop firm that is doing that is Blue Guardian. Now, Blue Guardian has this tool called the Guardian Protector. And what the Guardian Protector does is it allows you to place a limit right before your daily drawdown so that regardless of if you know where you are or if you don't know where you are or if you forget to set a stop loss, that Guardian Protector will take you out of a trade before you violate your daily drawdown on your account, which ultimately allows you to live to trade another day and have another shot at actually becoming a funded trader. Also, Blue Guardian has no restrictions on their trading. You don't have to set a stop loss. You can hold over the weekend you can trade whenever you want you can use eas all of that stuff is permissible when trading with blue guardian these things the guardian protector no restrictions are things that make traders like me feel confident in working with the prop firm ladies and gentlemen if you're interested in getting started with my recommended prop firm blue guardian click the link in the description and use coupon code new trader one to get 10 percent off your next challenge today again that's coupon code new trader the number one to get 10 percent off your next prop firm challenge with blue guardian today and so a couple things you pulled out because number one i'm a dad right i have two little boys my wife is pregnant now we're expecting a third but i grew up without a dad i didn't have a dad so for you hearing you talk about the the impact and the influence that your dad has had in your life guiding you making sure that you are set up the right way 
just making sure that you're in the right areas, right? How just growing up, like, did you see friends that didn't have a dad around? And did you appreciate having your dad around guiding you and protecting you and looking out for your well-being early on? Or is it something that now you look back and you say, man, I was really blessed to have a dad like that. So, so tell you the truth. I, I like this question. I mean, I don't think anybody has asked me in a very public forum like this. But yes, um, I did realize early on, and then I did appreciate it a lot. You know, with the question you asked, which is like, did I have friends who didn't have like their dads in their life? Yes, I had friends who didn't have like their dads. My best friend, right? My very best friend, he 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 was being taken care of by his mom alone. You know, his dad was not dead, but his mom was the only one pretty much doing the, the mom and dad. You know, you'd be surprised that when it's Father's Day, they take their mom out, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was me. That was something I did. <laughs> so, so, so I did appreciate, you know, and not only that, I also had friends whose dad um, were with them. They lived in the same house, you know. But their dad was not involved in their life. You know, it's not as if their dad was not there. Like my friend, my other friend, his dad was not there. I thought he was not living with them. But the other one, his dad was there, mom was there. But like mom was the man of the house. It's not as if the dad was not doing much, but he was barely having any control of the influence in, in the family. And I saw these things because I would always visit these people. But my dad and me, we we are like best friends. We still are best friends. You know, we still are best. I, I appreciate. I don't appreciate any. He's my he's my best friend more than any friend that I've had. You know, the conversations we have, it's deep. You know, I don't think that uh, uh, so many people have that relationship with their parent. Do they want? It's like one percent out of the many that I have, and I do appreciate. You see, the the um he he almost he always just um emphasizes the fact that. For, for as far as he is alive, whatever means it's going to demand or take me to get to any level that I want to get to. If it, if it took him selling all his properties to push me there, he's going to do that. Only when I qualify. Only when I qualify. You know, I had some challenges very early on in my university, very first year in university. You know, the program that I wanted to study wasn't what they gave me because I, I was shot up by the cutoff by one mark. You know, uh, it, it was a very competitive. It's like my school was like the Harvard of of the U.S. If you're if you're in Ghana, if you're studying from the University of Ghana business, because like you are in, in, in you are in U.S. and then you are in Harvard, basically. You know, so it was it was extremely competitive, and I missed the mark by one. But but there wasn't any program that I wanted to study because I had already been initiated into the business world. So I, I didn't want to deviate into any program. This man went every means possible to still get me you know, to, to still pursue that, that program. And I, I heavily appreciated, appreciated that impact. And, and one thing that, that I loved with, about him is that let's say um, we're vacating on 1st January and then we're supposed to go back to school on 30th uh, uh, February, right? Uh, by, by, let's say 10th January, he's already giving me my school fees for, the next semester, which is already starting uh, uh, 30th February. You know, he would give me my school fees proud. You just like, you know, start buying this, go buy this. Like, so, so 
there wasn't any single time in my life where I was sucked out of school and say, go, go bring some school fees or uh, go do like everything was like so smooth for me. And then it was all from his, from his influence. I'm not going to lie. He played a very significant and pivotal, you know, role in my life, even to where I am now. And yes, I mean, uh, <laughs> it's insane the influence he had. <laughs> that is awesome, man. Hearing you talk about your dad, bro, like, that's what I want my kids to say about me one day. Like, seriously, man. How old are you, Kojo? I'm 30, actually. I'm 30. Oh, you're 30, bro. You look like you're 20, bro. <laughs> you look good. You got good genes, bro. <laughs> wow. So do you plan on having kids one day? I have one daughter. Oh, you have a daughter. How old is your daughter? <laughs> she is you know i'm laughing <laughs> because um i i have kept her gender away from the internet but i've said it here she is um two two months old wow first of all congratulations man congratulations i'm so excited for you bro and uh second of all man thank you for sharing that with us man like Bro, we're just vibing right now, bro. We're just vibing. And, and like, everything you said so far is setting the stage for why you are who you are in this industry, bro. Because you were taught early on that whatever you do, you put your all into it. So as I'm hearing you go through your story, I'm like, man, he was, like, from being raised, it was instilled in him that, yo, Whatever we do, we become professionals. Like you talked about, you have doctors in your family and your dad was an educator with the police department. Like you're talking about business people in your family. Like there was a standard set for you that, yo, whatever we do, we finish and we are the best at it. We are professionals at it. So in my family, right, we have like two, two, two sects. I'd say uh, the best way to explain it is like two sects. We have the far end extreme poverty, right? And then we have the far end extreme riches, you know? And then my my family in particular were like in the middle. You know, neither were we extremely rich, neither were we ex extremely poor either, right? But like I visited some relatives who don't even have what to eat the next day, trust me. And then I visited some relatives who were living in crazy huge mansion with crazy cars in their compound, you know? So I, I did experience the two sects of life and its orientation. I knew what it was to not have what to eat, you know, because sometimes I visit those who didn't have nothing and then go live with them for about a week, two weeks, and then struggle with them. I said, like, this is this is my reality, you know. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't feel any bigger. I just wanted to experience it. I really wanted to love being with them, you know, with, with setting firewoods to cook some, you know, local stuff. And then after, like, a week or two, when my mom comes for me, the next two weeks, three weeks, that are rich side was also like, okay, could you are you gonna visit us? You know, then I go there and then everything's like affluence and like playing video games, playing with the kids in the lobby. Like, so it, it gives me it gave me a really different orientation in life, you know. I I I could tell the real attitude and mindset of those who are on the far end of luck and poverty. And I could tell the real edge and mindset orientation of those who are really, and then I told myself that I, I got to like, of course, uh, both of them had their own, you know, uh, merit and demerit, you know, because it was those, those on the poverty side, they had that, you know, extreme, uh, I'd say uh, humility, you know, which is like the positive side that I, that, that I got to pick. You know, but but what they also didn't have is perseverance. 
they're always okay with what they have, right? But the extreme rich people, of course, they 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 were not always humble. Some of them were extremely, you know, arrogant. But what they incre- incredibly had was excellence and perseverance, you know. And then that was also what I decided like inculcate and then be like the best of the two the two sides, you know. And then uh, like more like grow out of that experience. So, so sometimes I share stories of like you know having nothing with people and sometimes I also share that part of my family who, which had like you know and I feel like life is all about balance you know I tell people that for you to have the best experience in life in trading in in basically anything you must just find that sweet spot between the middle you know I intend to even write a deep book about balance the word balance I don't think that is emphasized enough you know because like you cannot be too good or you cannot decide to be too bad you know you got to find that sweet spot between the two and then that's where you're going to maximize all all life has to really offer. And so, Kelvin, you can you can continue from there. Man, that's even better, bro. Because I'm happy you said that. Because again, it's it's showing that you had exposure to both, and you were allowed to see. Okay, I see how, you know, let's say the left side is the poverty side, and the right side is the wealthy side. And so it's like you growing up you were able to see both sides and be familiar with both sides. And then now you had to, like you had the power to make a decision. What side right. do I want to be on? What side do I want my daughter to be on and my future kids to be on? Right. And, and so that's so powerful. Like you said earlier, you were like, yo, like I wanted the best of the best. If I see another person doing it, there's no difference between them and Kojo. You know, there's no difference between them and Calvin. If they can do it, I can do it too. God created us all equal. You know what I mean? If they can do it, I can do it too. So I love it, bro. So you're in school, you're studying, right? You're focused in on accounting, right? But you're seeing more things that interest you on the investment side, correct? Like the business investment side, correct? All right. Okay. All right. So when does foreign exchange pop up for you? Like when do you get get wind of that? Right. So, so... It's funny, you know, it's extremely funny how I stumbled upon Forex. So, so because of that dream of like, you know, getting on Wall Street, getting on that investment side of things, you know, um, so I went to study on the, in Ghana, we have, you know, let's say um, in, in US, you have the New York Stock Exchange, right? And then I don't know if the New York Stock Exchange would offer any program, but in Ghana, we also have the Ghana Stock Exchange, right? Mm-hmm. And then the Ghana Stock Exchange, they actually do offer a program, oh, right? Wow. To teach you how to, how to, how, and then that course is a professional, professional course. It's not only teaching you how to trade on the stock market or invest on the stock market, but after you have that certification, you have that certification to allow you to be a broker. Right. So, yes. So it's a brokerage certification in Ghana. And then I pursued that course because I, I didn't know that that was what it embodied. I thought it was just about teaching me about the the the, the um, stock market. But when I, I was I was one of the very uh, youngest people to be to be because it was my first year in uni. And that program is not actually for um, youngsters. You know, uh, I was like 19 years when I enrolled in that program. But that program is for like. People in their 35, 40. I mean, there's no limitation. Why I'm only saying that is that um, you must have had some industry experience mm. to be able to actually understand everything in and out from what you're saying, 
But if you're extremely smart and then you're a youngster, you want to you want to go for it. Nothing really stops you, though. You, you get me? Because because when I went there, I was I was very young, like 19 years, and then I'm sitting with people in their 35, 40, 50 years. Because that program is uh, a required program, especially for bankers in some of the banking institutions that were that were there if if they're trying to get into their treasuries and trading department the bank literally imposes on them that you got to go get this you know degree or go get this professional course you know it, it was only when i got into it that i realized that this is the mandatory program that they need to get and it's more more or less imposed on them by their bank than most time their own will but i didn't care about that i just came there because i wanted to learn and get that get that program and then be able to like you know understand how you know um the 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 stock market worked and then pursue my career there or maybe like level off from there to to the to the us or uk or any any well-developed market and then you know level off from there so that was like the whole intention the initial intention forex was nowhere in the mix you know but when i got there when i got there uh, studying uh i realized that tell you the truth it was not what I what I expected, you know, in the sense that in the sense that uh, our market is still a very young market, you know, it's 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 it has it has a lot to do to to improve, but but what it did was it also introduced me to other aspects of the financial market, which is like the bond market, which is like the treasuries, and then including FX market, you know, which is a forex market. And it was also a coincidence in that that same era when I was studying for a stock exchange program, we also did a program in 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 um, school and in my uni days, which was um, micro and macroeconomics. You know, which was also talking about exchange rate. We were particularly dealing with exchange rates and exchange rate parity. And I was so much interested in economics. So it's like when we were talking about economies and exchange rate, parity, I was I, I was always more like um, I tell you something. When you come to Ghana, where I come from, right, um, uh, our exchange rate is extremely, you know, uh, uh, unpredictable, right? It has extreme volatility. You know, I, 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 our economy is, we, we call it um, very dollarized, right? There's a term called dollarization. It's like, it's like the dollar affects almost everything we do back home, you know? Wow. And then for inflation, inflation, it's almost always determined by the exchange rate. You know, so think about it this way. Um, what well, our currency's name is Ghanaian cities, right? We spend cities, and then you spend the United States dollars, right? In the year, in the year two thousand and eight, right? One dollar was equivalent to one cities, right? Mm-hmm. So, so that was what it was. It's not like I'm making it up. That was what it was. So, so if you had, let's say, if you were paid, let's say. Three thousand or five thousand dollars in the U.S. You are equally well off in Ghana because when you bring your five thousand dollars to Ghana, it's still five thousand Ghana cities. Right. You get what I mean. Mm-hmm. The standard of living was equal. You get me. The standard of living was totally equal. Like it didn't make any mean. It didn't make any meaning to leave Ghana and say I'm going to look for greener pastures in the U.S. because I'm going to get paid more. At any day, it's still the base value is the same. It was the right? same thing at that time. Now, um, let me see. We're in um, we're in the year twenty twenty three minus two thousand and eight. That's fifteen years on. Fifteen years on, mm-hmm. the same one dollar, it's equivalent to thirteen Ghana cities. Wow, big difference. That means that that means that if you have the same five thousand that we're talking about, it's no more five thousand, but um, 
but 65,000 Ghana cities, right? Yeah. Which So inflation, it's, yeah. it's insane just in that short span. So a lot of things have increased. So because of that, I was also interested in the economic aspect or matters of my country, you know, and then these was relating back to the currency market, you know, so it's like it got me extremely interested in the in the forex aspect of things than only just like, you know, trading, trading had not come in just yet, but it got me interested. Like I want to learn about the financial market I want to learn about trade, uh, the, 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 the currency market, the, what really affects exchange rates and stuff like that, you know, but pursuing all this, pursuing all this was also the same, I mean, means that led me into um, jumping into Forex. But but I wouldn't say it was only the entire thing that led me there because one other motivation was also the fact that there was a, there was a particular period in my life where I was looking for means to make money online, you know, because my dad was like, bro, you're getting off age. You got to like start friending for yourself. And then I didn't have any means to make money. You know, I didn't know how to sell. I didn't know how to do anything. Only thing I could, only thing that I could, just do then was uh, either work for somebody, you know, work in a menial job. So I used to work as a as a, a waiter in some hotels. I used to work. I even worked in the casino as well, right? I worked in the casino. Wow. You <laughs> were hustling, brother. Guy. You were hustling, man. <laughs> I worked as an insurance sales agent. I used to do all of those stuff. I'm like, I didn't want to do any of those things anymore because I was I was coming of age and I was in the university. I didn't want to be doing menial jobs, you know. It was just like me getting to that part of my life that I wanted to get to. So I didn't want to like just compromise on that. So I started looking for means to make money online. You know, I'd learn about blogging, I'd learn about websites, all those funny, funny stuff online. Then and then trading was also mentioned. You know, so like I connected the dot. I'm already learning this thing, and now looking for means to make money online. They mentioned in trading. So how do I start trading? How, like where do I start from? What do I do? You know, I really started looking into it from there. You know, and then it, it was it wasn't so straightforward because first of what I wanted to do was learn from a professional body. That was what I thought, because the same way I looked up online and I got a Ghana stock exchange. I thought I could look online and got like some Forex exchange or something and go there and study. <laughs> That's what we all <laughs> do. <laughs> there wasn't anything like that. So then I was like, how else? So I looked up online and I found one guy who was actually teaching how to trade in Ghana back then, long time ago. But 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 his fees were insane, you know, what he was charging to teach people then. I didn't have that. I mean, it was more like five times my school fees, my investors. There was no way my dad was going to, like, wow. <laughs> give me that money and say, go and learn how to trade, you know. So <laughs> I didn't even bring up that conversation. I'm like, okay, no problem. I might as well, like, learn by myself which is also one of the reasons why it took me a long time to to understand the whole scope of the forest market. But it came also at a good advantage because because I was self-studying, it let me learn so many, sometimes I would say unnecessary stuff, but it came in handy because today I can speak so deep in, in, uh, in matters of those stuff when they are brought on the table because I used those years to learn them, trying to find what really worked. You get what I mean? Because I was self-taught. I was like, any material on forest, I'm going to just get time and, and study them, you know. But today, 
because I can, I've had all of these experiences and I know what works, what doesn't work for me and then what I can separate and what that, it's like anything you mentioned, I've had a feel of it, I've touched it before, I've read on it so I can make like some meaningful sense out of it or explain it to somebody. So that's like that good thing that came out of that. But but like that whole school is what just literally introduced me to the world of forest. What made me fall in love extremely with forest is how um, um, the end, the barrier to entry was bare minimal, you know. So we, being that I did, I did um, finance, like I did really understand the real meaning of barrier to entry to any business, right? Most people don't really understand it or take take. Uh, I'd say, uh, I'd say, prioritize how important it is when we mention barrier to entry. You know, let's say you wanna you wanna start, um, uh, uh, let's say a laundromat. Right, you want to start a laundromat. You, you got to go find capital, go get a, a shop and go buy the laundry machines and stuff like that. It's a whole lot of processes involved, you know, before you can now say, okay, I have, I own a laundromat business. Okay, you don't know how to trade. You want to be a trader. What, what have you got to do? Go freaking create a, a brokerage account, put in some $30, $100, $1,000. You're a trader. <laughs> that's it. You know, that's it. <laughs> you know, so so the barrier to entry was insane for me. Like, wow, that's simple. You know, and then what made it even extra insane was the fact that when I withdrew, then I got my money, my profit back. Like, is this is this just just about it? You know, it was insane for me because, like, you know, if you are an entrepreneur and you understand what it takes to to make money. You know, you got to like advertise, sell to people, do this and that. And then, you know, and then before you can now, you know, get some sales and sit down and, and differentiate between your expenses and, you know, your sales. And then you say, OK, this is my profit. You know, as to trading, just put the money on the on the market, make the right decisions. You make some profit, you click it. That's it. You have your money. So it's like, where are your expenses? Where are your overheads? literally non-existent you know as far as you have some good internet connectivity you have a laptop you can literally more like erode all of those you know backlogs of expenses or overheads and then you suddenly have like your your profit at hand you know so starting off i didn't really start off with like those hundreds of thousands you know i was i was fortunate to be gifted money from a friend who lived in the states then we were in the same high school in ghana and then she she i mean her parents live in the u.s so she she left um somewhere along the line and then we were really close extremely close we're still close though right we're still really close though and then uh it was my birthday and then she gifted me 300 dollars. right now i had studied i had i had opened a trading account and I did not even start trading with demo. I actually started trading with that three hundred dollars. You know, when when she gave me that money because I just started, I just verified my trading account. I'm like, I just literally pushed that that money in them. Like, I'm I'm just gonna like practice how this thing works. You know, I had a few knowledge from one indicator from uh, the uh, uh, RSI, right, relative spread index. So I read a few things about them. Like, I'm just gonna be using this, but but I was also very cautious with lot sizing because I read about it. You know, I was I was basically self-teaching myself everything before I practiced. So I, I read about margin, I read about free margin, lot size, equity, balance, and I stood all those basic stuff, you know. So I was putting on very minimum lot sizing, 0 0.01, 0.02, I, I hardly ever crossed 0.1, you know. But but I was excited to collect that $2 profit, $3, $5 profit. And when it sums up, let's say, uh, $20, then I'm going to withdraw. 
so my first withdrawal was like that that reality to to trade in for me the fact that i i clicked that okay i've made some profit of 20 dollars or 30 dollars i want to withdraw i want to see how reality how real it is and then i got that money and then that money came into my bank account then it was like it, 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 I had entered a new dimension, a new phase of reality in the world. You know, it was it was so real to me. I had not seen anything like that before. You know, I remember telling my friends about it, like, bro, like, look at this thing. Look, forex trading was so foreign. I don't know how 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 to emphasize that enough. It's like it's like somebody coming to you and literally talking about Web three or some NFT or I mean NFT is even quite read about today. But like, look at some futuristic things that people talk about. You're wondering how does it work? Where where do we go from here? Like, you know, you don't freaking know anything about it. And it's and it was the same thing when I was speaking about forex to my friends. Like, what is these lines? What is what, how does it so 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 none of them were interested tell you the truth none of them were interested in those early years though even though later they 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 they, 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 they i mean they came back to to become <laughs> traders currently all of them are full-time traders though but like in that initial year which was 2012 2013 none of them was interested anytime they they saw anything related to chat or anything like that randomly then they now labeled it kojo's thing Right, so that was what they called it. They didn't even call it forex. It's like Kojo's thing. You see Kojo's thing. Kojo's, I, I saw somebody doing some of Kojo's your thing. Your, <laughs> you know, I'm like no problem. You know, they were heavily into sport betting, right? And they were doing good with that. Though they were making money. They we're really making money. And then would go out, and then these guys would spend on me. Just but I was not really contributing anything. You know, before I started trading, you know, I was not really. I don't want to be that guy who go out with his friends and they they always the one taking care of bills and stuff. It's like that in a part of the world, though. You know, people share a lot. You know, so like you go out with your friends, they, they don't mind. They're just gonna, you know. I wanted to also be like that guy who like you know take some portion of the responsibility. And trading trading was that thing that did it for me. You know, when I realized that I could just be in my room scalping and make my you know twenty dollars, fifty dollars, hundred dollars, and then we go out and I can actually pay for some of the food. Pay for it was it was it was also a very emotional moment for me. So so like that was just like my whole you know encounter with trading, and then like from there on everything was just like learning deeper and deeper about the whole scope of trading. In, from the year 2012 to 2016, trading was a hobby. Trading was casual. Trading was just like that my my little box of a thing that just produces me a little bit of money to, to live life. Where trading became serious business was from 2017, right? 2016, I had gone out of school, so I was just like too much thing going on in my head. Do I go back to the professional world do I, I i went a little bit into the military i was totally displaced in life you know especially in the year 2016 2017 but when everything didn't fall in place the way i wanted like i was already making you know a little bit of money with trading here and there and i've read a lot of and i had now had a lot of experience exposure knowledge and then I had grown to so I, i've seen people you know and then and then trading was also coming into that main mainstream conversation you know, because 2012, it was not really there, but it's been years there coming into 2016, 17, 18. You know, people were now speaking about it. I have I have this skill set already. If not even the best, at least I know how to, you know, collect some few money here and get from the market. Now I've got to that point where it's all about scale up, right? I got to sit down, figure out how to scale it up. And, and when it comes to the business of scaling things up, you got to be like very 
entrepreneurial and then straightforward thinking to know how to if you have something that is working for you and then uh you're currently invested let's say ten thousand, but you know that this thing is so good you know and kelvin you want to take that thing to one million you got to sit down and make a game plan and then you would figure out how to take that thing if it's something good if it's something scalable something that's realistic you, you you'd reach there and that was what what it was for me you know when everything didn't work like i'm now going to sit back strategize i used to make you know, my $50, my $100, my stuff like that. But I'm not in that phase anymore. I can't just still be excited about making the $1,500. I'm getting to that point where I'm maturing. I got to be responsible for family. They took you through school. They're waiting for you to come back and take care of them. You still want to be in your hole and be comfortable with a $5, $10. When am I going to rent a place of my own? When am I going to buy a car? When am I going to start traveling and doing all? So I had to come up with like a scalability game plan. And then, I mean, worked, worked my way up all through it so now and i'm still working my way i'm not even there yet i'm still freaking working my way really but that's just like how i came into forex and then in a, a brief of that that journey and experience yeah wow man so very humble beginnings we can already see like something i'm taking from your journey and that's what i love about these conversations on the forex beginner podcast is because like ha having people like yourself that have put over 10 years into developing this skill set and you know us having the opportunity new beginner developing traders like myself that are also watching this we have the opportunity to sit and really kind of dissect what things you did that made your journey work out for you right so we're talking over 10 years on this journey and we can already see number one you were very intentional anything you dig into like my boy abdullah rashid says he says i go deep and it's very evident kojo that you go deep in everything you do like you're looking to master it you're looking to be the best of the best so obviously we see um, you came into this with the intention of, hey, I want to be the best at this. I want to do this at a professional level. We can see that. Now, having over 10 years in this skill set, what was the process from that first RSI strategy? How did you get to the point where you are now, where you have a set approach? You have a, a, a in-depth understanding of how to get in. You know, you talk a lot about sniper entries and knowing how to call those bottoms and tops of the markets. How did you get to that point? Because you started with the RSI strategy, but how did you get to the point, like, what did it take for you to get the in-depth understanding of market structure and how the market moves to get to where you are now? Of course, you're still growing. We know that, but you have reached a level right now where, man, you are very confident in what you do. So what was the process, again, to get to that point? It's quite a lengthy one, but I'll, I'll try and then... Um bring out as much details as possible. Thank you. So I, I did talk about the RSI stage, right? Now, remember I told you that in the uni years, all I was doing was like, you know, self-studying, like learning by myself and then finding every information. Uh, and then you've also already um, um, emphasized and then recognized that uh, I go deep into stuff that I'm interested in. So being that all that I had access to then was like the MetaTrader 4, you know, in 20 all through till probably 2017 um, or 18, most traders were not dependent on trading view. It was just reanalyzing our chat on the MetaTrader app itself. You know, trust me, like the trading view was only a thing from like 2019, 2018, 19. You know, everybody was just like doing their trend lines and Fibonacci and everything on the MetaTrader 4 app itself. You know, not even the MetaTrader 5. 
it was heavily rigid. It was just, it's still the same way it is now. Yeah. Know? But, <laughs> you know, and, and, and the fascinating thing, you know, forex market is like, it's like a bubble, you know. It's not practically a bubble, but I want to just make, uh, hopefully I make sense. It's like it has its own evolution. Right. There are times where everybody's chasing one. You can see the whole industry is just going towards one direction and it's just like meandering through that whole process. So there were times where people were extremely secretive about their, their specialized tweaked indicators on the MT4. You know, they don't, they don't want to reveal it like, okay, I combine this and this and this and this. it's my magical combination. You got to pay before I show you that magic keys. <laughs> That's <know>? so true. <laughs> and you'd love it like people were, I, I used to chase. Like, so before I even go into that or continue that, what they did for me was that because, because of that, it made me specifically understudy every single one of the indicators on the, on the MT4. Right. So if you if you open the like let's say MT4 now and then you come to the indicator section, you're gonna see the RSI, the zigzag, stochastic, MACD, Ichimoku, Kelvin. I took time to research every one of them. I'm like every single one, that? Kojo? Every, every single one of them. Every freaking <laughs> single one of them. I'm like, who invented this? Where is it from? When was he born? How did he use it? What's the history behind it? Did he even make any much money out of it? What were the original periods the person was using if it's like a moving average? Or... So that's like, I've been, I'll be so interested in that. And then I put it on the chart and I, I practiced it out for like a month or two. You know, so you see me using the stochastic, you see me using the RSI, you see me using Ichimoku. I was like, just, I, I was just identifying myself. You know, I was, I was just like trying to find my own self. And I did it for a, for a pretty damn long time, you know. Now, um, so so from there on, from there on, um, I I I identified a few ones eventually that was working for me though. You know, it was pretty brilliant combination that I put together, you know, and uh, it was like that thing that I thought uh, was my holy grail, you know. I lied to you, like I thought I'd found the key to my success in life and everything. You know, a few combination. Uh, I can share with you. I can share with you. Help some. I know some people are using it. I, I I did a little bit of video like that and put it out on my YouTube. Do so. So it was like a combination of some indicator fractals. So it, it fell under one man who had been around in the market for a long time. It's called Bill Williams, right? So he he literally invented a set of indicator. He had the alligator. Uh, indicator, you had the fractals and then you had um, the oscillator, right? So, so many traders use them without necessarily even knowing that the Williams is the one that created them. I see so many people putting them on their charts, but they've not really gone deeply into understanding who created them and what was his idea of the market, right? So, so with the fractals, right? So, it's I don't know how to illustrate it, but it's like arrows, right? And then whenever a fractal appears, it's like the, uh, the William is going to, is, his intention is to put a, a pending order above the fractal so that when the market really intends to break above or continue going up, then it had to, it had to come and like trade above the uh, fractal uh, triangle. It's an indicator on the MT for them. And so, so what I used to do was I put like uh, a pending order above and then you get a fractal, you know, pick it up. And then, I mean, the, the market pick it up and continue a little bit. It, it was really working heavily for me then, you know, so, but, but things change on the market. 
today I can sit back and 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 watch all the things that was working for me and those that were not working and then really dissect why this one was working, why this one was not working. And I totally didn't have any freaking understanding about, you know, price action, market structure, highs, lows, consolidation market, retracement market, uh, uh, you know, all those faces that we, we, we know today. I was just about, you know, I found this indicator. It's telling me go up, I'm just going up. I couldn't even see things from that bigger picture, you know? And and then I didn't even know, I didn't even know the real importance of uh, even time frame per se, you know? So it's like, it's like you could be on the, and I, and I used to see people do that a lot uh, when I used to like, you know, when I started gaining that level of experience, right? When I started really knowing what I needed to know, I used to see people doing the mistakes that I was doing just a few years back and I used to like love. So I don't see so many people doing those mistakes anymore. It's insane how the industry has evolved, right? Now, now, now I, you see, I was talking about the fact of where the industry has continuously been meandering through like some, some, some part, like people that were chasing that indicator part. Then we had people that were chasing, uh, I'd say some, uh, what was the name robot right ea right we got to that ea part everybody's like ea ea and then and then we came to the uh sniper part sniper entry but looking for that strategy just going to give them entry at the top or the bottom and then now we have the ict we have the smc and now it's the industry's conversation about profan you know it, it's like that with trading everybody's like suddenly talking about something and we've been through it all you know up to now we're still in it you know so so Back to that, back to that indicator, indicator phase. That fractal did work, you know, for me for a while. And then, um, like I said, being that I can point out what what made it not really work was particularly about uh, markets, markets changing, right? So, so perhaps it was just in a macroeconomic perspective that was just letting the market behave in a particular way for a long time. That was also making the indicator work for a long time for me, you know. And then when it suddenly changed, I was so dispersed. I didn't know where to go. The thing was not working. I was taking losses back to back. Bro, do I really have a career in this thing? You know, what is difficult in trading is when things begin to go sour. You know, if you're somebody who is extremely particular about life and then you have it all, you want to have it all figured out, you know, and then your your strategy begins to start failing, it's like your it's like your manager telling you, hey, your 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 performance is below standard. You know, we might as well replace you very soon. What are you gonna do? Start thinking of what to do next. Are you gonna look for a new employment? Are you gonna put in extra effort to be good and impress the manager? It's the same with trading when your strategy starts falling up. So when I'm trading, my strategy is like back to back, else and stuff like do I really still have a career in this thing? You know, that's the only question I keep asking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I'd always ask myself, like, do I really have, you know, and then I'd, and I'd, I'd, I'd like pause on whatever I was using then, then I'd go into the journey of looking for a new thing, right? And and that is that point where you need, you need hard work, you need grace, you need experience, you need dedication, you need everything that that you you are embodied. You know, it's not like one thing. Sometimes people are looking for okay, teach me that secret. It's a combination of literally everything. <laughs> you know, your own determination, your own hard work, your own perseverance, your own knowledge. And then one thing I don't want to even take out is um, how how much you believe, whether you do or you do not, in discernment, right? Because it plays a major role with me when it comes to trading. 
even to date, you know, like I can be in the position and then that that discernment, inner, inner person will speak to me, bro, you got to get out of it. I listen to it. You know, it doesn't matter how I'm following my strategy, follow your rules or whatever. I do listen to that inner, inner when I'm going to exit, you know, anyway, you know, whether it goes 10,000, but I don't care. I, I feel like that thing, put, and it, it, it far more than not protects me from uncertain, uh, unfavorable like results in the market, like a loss is done. Normally, it would, it would uh, revert going back into, into profit. So that aspect of discernment would also like tell you to, or help you or guide you to see things differently than they were. Now, now these philosophies also come from some of the philosophical books that I read as well. You know, it's not only about trading perspective per se, because I've I've seen, you know, if we really read about, there's a book that I like to read, it's called Socrates to Sata, right? It's like the book of philosophers from AD something to like the present philosophers that we have, right? Now you talk about pills, we talk about um, uh, Aristotle, we talk about, there's so many crazy names in those books. And then, you realize that like there was a point in time where somebody i think it should be aristotle wanted to wanted to wanted to observe gravity right because then gravity didn't exist in the world they didn't understand like you know why why um a mango is just going to be hanging on a tree and suddenly just fall off or why is it that as a human being when you jump what brings you back down why can't you just keep going up like that and this man literally sat by or under mango tree for so many hours until like he spotted the exact moment where the mango dropped. And then he he basically created a whole formula and stuff around, you know, understanding gravity. You get me? So this is somebody's experience then in a different field. Now, when you bring it to trading, all the indicators that you're seeing here, you know, Calvin, it was somebody who sat down and racked his brain to say, Look at this moving average. Look at this. Look at this. I can't put it together. And then now we are just like sheep, and then grabbing and like swallowing it. But how many of us in today's world have thought that I want to be the Bill William who was there for the new? I want to be the uh, Ichimoku guy or whoever created the Haikinashi guy. You know, people people have stopped creating. People are now dependent. So I'm like, I wanted to be like not only like that consumer part of the market i wanted to be like and that is where discernment comes in you know because sometimes you need that discernment to see things that are totally different from whatever anybody else is seeing and then you know and uh, like create something out of it it was like that deep part for me you know so 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 like um um i had that bit of a share in that indicator phase and then i came to like the price action phase you know so price action phase like I got to remove every indicator and start predicting the market just by the market itself or the candles itself. And that was a very difficult phase for me. It was totally foreign to me. I didn't understand like, watch, how can I do that? How can I make it make sense? Because when I was using the indicator, right, I used to see people who were going to be talking about candles takes this, candles take that. And because I was using the indicator, I used to always just trash candles takes. Right? I'm like, ah, what is candles? It doesn't work. What is goji? What is? I used to just make fun of those things, right? But what I, if I watch back today, what what I realize is that I was heavily close-minded, right? I'd say I was very naive or on not knowledgeable then, right? To be so close-minded that I can just talk trash on anything like that, you know? I don't think anybody has the right to 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 talk down on anything that works or does not work in the market, you know. If you have something that is working for you, it is your truth. 
you know, you cannot say, you cannot be extremely opinionated in the market. Anybody that does that, they, they've not gone that deep in trading. You know, they just learned one or two things. They just, or they're looking for clout or they, they have something to sell. Anybody that is extremely opinionated, this is what works, follow only this. You know, and it, and they are not mentoring you. You know, they're not, they, you're not heavily under their tutelage. And then they're, they're so opinionated. I don't think it, it makes sense, you know, because like it, it's, it's just finding your, your truth, you know, I've, 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 I've had relationship and, and meetings and businesses and good, good friendship with, with guys who, who use some very funny indicators and then they've, they've made fortunes out of it. And I've seen guys who, who just use price action candles and stuff and then they've made fortunes. And I've seen both both of the two worlds who have also lost it all, you know, I've also seen. So, so it's like, you got to find what really works for you and then stick to it. So, after those years, I lost that opinion in the in the market or in the world as well. I didn't. I I, I said to myself, there is no way you're gonna find me and say, could you say this is the best and the only one you need to follow them? No, as far as it works for you, just like you know. But you you would know, and that's where staying true to yourself comes in, you know. Because if you're true to yourself, that is where you're gonna realize that yes, I'm subscribed to this indicator. Yes, I'm subscribed to price action, but it's not working for me. I'm not grasping it. Okay, I'm putting in all the effort. I'm putting in the time, the work. At one hour, two hours, one month, two months, six months. I'm not growing. What do I do? I need to grow. How do you grow? Move on. You know, so many people don't move on, and that's where you're not being truthful to yourself. You know, and that was what I was with myself. Yeah. So, so, so it was very difficult for me to like stop using indicators because I was so used to it. It was just what I knew. Now it's like I have to like trade and then just speculate by candles. So, but, but, but being that. I, I like already said, had challenged myself that there was no fear that you're going to put me and then not do so well. Like, I'm going to give myself some time. I also understood what it meant to be dedicated in life, you know, set, set time, you know, like there's nothing that you cannot do, you know. Uh, it's impossible. It's not, it's not really in my dictionary if it comes to me, you know, impossible. I, I mean, it's a cliche. People say it, but do you really understand when you say impossible is not? But you must understand the formula that takes when you're saying impossible is not in your dictionary, you know, and time is that is time is that difference, you know, when, when, when there is no time factor, every human being can do anything they want. You can be, you can be, you can be greater than Elon Musk, but the only difference is that what time span do you have, right? Maybe it took Elon 30 years. It could take you 300 years. Are you going to be alive for the next 300 years to master and learn all the coding and stuff that Elon did early years? If you if time did not exist, you could be better than him. You, you get me? So I understood that principle in life, that time is the only thing that makes anybody better than me. Other than that, I can be better than or, or do as much as the person is doing. You know. So when I apply those same concepts and principle in trading as well, I want to practice something, I'm like, okay, it may have taken the person Three years, I'm not as smart as the person, so I want to I want to do it in four years. I want to do it in five years. It's my own journey. It's my nobody's holding me accountable to it. I'm holding my own self accountable to it. So I give myself six months to a year to master price action, like learn candlestick, learn literally everything about it, you know. And the challenge with that was that 
there were times where I'd be learning the candlestick and then I'd take some losses here and there and then I'd be like, why am I trying to like get into a new field when I have something that was working? Then it would just deceive me. That the little voice would just speak to me and then I go back to putting the indicators again. Then after I'm like, why am I back? I wanted to improve on the candle. Why am I? Then I remove the indicator and go back. So <laughs> it was it was a, a challenge in those brief periods until finally I got used to like uh, not going back to the indicators and being able to like uh, trade there on from there. But but now, uh, so it's not. It was not just about do I want to use indicators? I don't want to use indicators. That was not a challenge. The challenge was what was I looking for that the indicators could not do. You know. So now I had just giving myself some time to observe the market from that price action perspective and I have now come to understood the the whole nature of movement of the market in that random walk of movement it goes up suddenly comes down and then goes up and suddenly come down and then now I, I also understand basic use of you know the pip range so you can just point out your pip from the top and pull it all the way down and pull it back up and say that okay with this swing it made 500 pips with this swing it made 200 pips like that's money you know so pip became money for me you get me it was not just about the hundred dollars or two hundred dollars for me anymore it was just about getting excited about seeing that long strip of movement that when i drag my indicate my 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 pip range calculator i'm seeing let's say 150 pips i must myself like it doesn't matter what lot size you intended to put there but this is how far the market went and that is opportunity that you had to 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 be successful within that short range of period and then you go look at another currency pair and you see that it moved that's it so it was, i was always excited about like that distance the market traveled than just even money by itself when i started really looking at price action you know so i'd come by the market and miss some moves and then and then i'm like so i'm so mad at myself and then what did I say I missed? I didn't say I missed, but I'm like, I missed money because now the movement was translating into money for me. You know, now, now how that that how that shaped my my strategy was I was seeing those movements and I was telling myself that the indicators were predominantly, let's say the move um randomly calculating from the top to the bottom was about let's say 200 pips, right? Indicators were allowing me to capitalize from 100 pips going down or 70 pips going down, you know, for the most part. So now, mathematically, I was like, where's the rest of the 100 pips or where's the rest of the 120 pips? That means I did not have that knowledge that allowed me to, to get that or, cap or utilize or maximize that move. You know, I didn't have that knowledge that allowed me to maximize that whole strip of movement that the market did, you know, and that was when I started answering those questions i started asking myself like how can i look at the market in that whole scope and see that up down random movement and then use that little bit of a knowledge that i have to be able to get in at the very top again at the very bottom and then maximize and capitalize on that whole movement so it was not just about the excitement of the sniper or this on this which is so cool i mean it comes in handy it's nice to get but that was not the concept the concept was just about you know getting in that advert and then capitalizing on those and it took me a lot of time to practice and then i had so many things that were making meaning and then uh, i'd say contributing to making those decisions but i had to eliminate a lot of them to simplify my perspective, you know, to simplify my perspective. And then I was also doing this in consideration of not just myself alone, but people around me. 
and then even back home because like trading was foreign how can i now go and learn some complicated things and then come and sit in front of somebody and say go and learn this and do this and then you know like the way people learn some crazy concept and be labeling stuff it's okay though i mean but i i was thinking to myself if i'm learning that i want to understand it well i want to just go and even sit by my grandma and talk to her about trading and then the same way i'm going to explain my, my thought process of finding trades she's going to understand it and say okay wow this makes sense i want to be a trader as well <laughs> you know that was the thought process that i came from when i was building my own strategy it was not just about myself say oh i know what i'm seeing but i cannot explain it <laughs> you know we have guys that say that <laughs> i wanted to be able to like explain it and let it have if you can if you cannot explain it it doesn't have a logical thought process you know yeah, definitely the strategy must be logical like okay why are you seeing this why did you buy here? Why did you sell here? Like, what were you looking for? So if I see the next time, I can, I can, I can recall that this is what he was talking about. And this is why I am looking for this. Not just rigid, you know, okay, high of this, low of this, take it. I'm like, why am I taking the high of this and low of this? No, just take it. No, I cannot just take it. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't make sense to me. It must make sense to me. You know, everything must make so things started really making sense to me. And that's how come, you know, um that whole influence came in from there. And that's how I built my strategies, but it's been a long I mean I said it was long, but I tried to to make it short. <laughs> bro, you have literally listen to me, bro. You have literally just taught us how to learn how to trade Forex. Like going through every single indicator. Indicator by indicator, studying who made the indicator, what type of trader were they, how much money did they make? Bro, you're going deep right now. You're going really, really deep. So somebody may be listening right now like Calvin. Okay, great interview. Obviously, Kojo has a lot of insight, but what has all of this study and all of this preparation, all of this mindset, all this wisdom that he has, what has that done for him? So I want to ask you right now, my brother, if it's okay, tell us what has this skill set done for you and your life? Tell us, bro. I'll talk to you. Talk to talk me, to brother. You. Talk to me, brother. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, like, if you, if you, you see, um, we live in very different worlds, right? We live in extremely different. But I'd, I'd want you to visit Ghana sometimes. I'll host, I'll host you. You should, you should explore. Have you been to Africa before? I have not, but I am totally open to doing it. <laughs> and you want just tell me, bro. I just, I just, I'm in Dubai currently. But if you say you're going to Ghana next week, I'm going to book a, a, a flight and do it. Oh, bro, it. listen, we definitely going to do that. We gonna exchange contacts, and I'm gonna keep you posted. I'm for real, for real, bro. We gonna do that. I want you to see the motherland. I want you to appreciate it. Trust me. And you're gonna also see the stuff that we've done for ourselves from where we come from, and it's and it's insane. Now you're saying what I've done for myself, right? It's a lot, but I'll try to um, make public the ones that I want to make public. Even the ones that I've never made public on certain platforms, I'll try and make them public here as well. Now, um, where do I even start from? Properties, properties are the, the most important for me though. You know, it's it what gives you that solid foundation, right? I have I have vast amount of properties, you know, landed properties. I have acres of land, you know, that I have like some specific projects I'm doing for I have a real estate company back home, very huge one, though, 
you know, <laughs> yeah, that that doing massive stuff. Uh, I, I literally built my own house and I was using my house as a prototype for what I wanted to do. Wow. So my first house, I bought them though. Right? I have an apartment, I bought them. I have a house that I bought and then I have like, I like it's like it's it's a villa right a huge house that I built but I built that house more like a challenge for what's going to come off from my project my real estate company my real estate company is called Swift Development right now if you understand the real meaning of the word Swift it's like fast right so if you look at that huge house and then anybody who's been in construction for a long time and how long does it, do you think this is going to take they're going to tell you it might have taken bare minimum one year or two years or stuff like that it literally took me about four months. To, to finish that whole thing, four to five months. Yeah, that's swift. Time. Yeah, yeah, that's really swift right there. <laughs> no, 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 it's 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 freaking swift if you think about our construction phases or projects. You know, when it comes to the US, so many of their uh, construction materials are woods and stuff like that. That place is no woods; it's bricks and mortar, and then like you're doing casting, and it takes time. You know, so for you to be able to do all those things, and then in that short period of time. You know, you can't skip the process in those construction phases. You have to go through them, you know. So that's like one thing that, that I have on the side. And then I have um, a savings and loans as well, right? So I have, yes, I have a savings and loans business that literally borrow money to small-scale businesses. That's that big business right there, brother. Woo! Incredibly well as well. And then uh, when it comes to the professional spaces, um, I have... Registered a few, you know, um, tech companies, right, that are doing insanely well. And then for me as well, I'm also getting into, like I said, from the onset, getting into the real estate space. And um, I said real estate, the hedge fund space, right? So it's like I'm making all those back-end operations and investments and stuff, well, including including even like investment in education to get there. So I'm currently also doing my master's on the side as well. Now, when it comes to like the cars and stuff like that, I have, I have quite a number of them, you know, the Mercedes, the BM, Range Rover. Now, with me, when it comes to money, I value money, right? And as, as a businessman, I understand, like, you know, uh, what we call depreciation, right? So so um, as much as it's so fun to have the cars and be proud of them in the industry, I'm not so big on them, you know, because I know that the value is just going to erode after the next one year, two years. Nobody's just going to even be hyped about them. As to putting them into property, like the first property that I bought in, and even the 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 um uh, the apartments that I have, they've tripled in value in the last two years. You know, which is insane. That's insane. Yes, it is, bro. Wow, congratulations. So so so, it's nice to have them when you want to have them, but I'm not too invested. Like I'm just trading to want to buy the big next big car, next big this. I have one guy, he's very influential in a part of it. He owns incredible skyscrapers, you know. And then I was fortunate to have opportunity to like sit with him and talk. And he has he has so many beautiful cars. And I pointed to one of his cars like, I want to buy this car from you. You know the history behind that car. He bought it from Cristiano Ronaldo. Right? Wow. But it's a, it's a Lamborghini. So it's like, it's a statement. Yes, you've had it for a while. I want to buy it from you. So like, okay, could you buy it from me? How much do you want to put on the table? I told him, it's like, bro. You know, because he knows I'm, I'm into property development. I was like, bro, go, go, go develop some more projects. Go develop some more projects. It's not worth it. 
that's a brother talking to me. He's old. He's older than me. He's very influential. His name is I Am Freedom. You can look him up. You know, his social, his Instagram is just straightforward. I am freedom, right? I am and then freedom, right? He 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 reached out to everybody in the world and then they're going to come. He brings all the A-class, A-list artists to Ghana. You know, he's very, very powerful, very influential. So he inspired me. He told me not to just. But other than that, when it comes to, um, I'd say, um, the slow growing investment like bonds, like treasuries, you know, I have a hefty amount of money in holdings in bonds, in holdings in treasuries. You know, so I'm basically imploring my my financial skills, you know, in the world. And I have and I have a hefty holding in cryptos as well, right? When it comes to cryptos, um, so it's something we call the the boom bust theory, right? So it was a, it was a theory propounded by George Soros. So I'm big on books as well. As you may know it, you know, and then like uh, we, we call it the reinforcing theory, right? So, for any asset class to stand the test of time and then be recognized normally as uh, a trading asset, right? It must go through that boom bust theory phase, right? like literally rebouncing back and then being reinforced, right? If you did back into history of uh, NASDAQ, US 30 even gold, right? They've all gone through their evolution of the boom bath theory, right? Go all the way back into 1917, 1940s of the NASDAQ. And you see where they're going to really gain pride, gain value. And then suddenly there's a huge crash, right? And then everyone's like, ah, this thing is never going back up again. Well, blah, 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 blah. They're going to make so much fuss about it. And then it's going to reinforce itself and then come back and trade above those highs and create new highs. And after some years, all those old people may have been dead and gone. And then, and then the market is just going to tank again and then reinforce itself. And, and then suddenly, it's like the world understands that even when it drops, it's still going to come back up again. You, you get it? Yeah. Now, it's the same It's the same phase that most of the cryptos are in. We're in that, we're in that era where they need to reinforce. They need to prove themselves of being able to self-reinforce themselves you know in that space where they've gone up we made a fuss about it and then now they've suddenly just turned so i'm also heavily present i want to be part of that history when it should just you know rally back up nonetheless i'm only risking capital i can afford to lose anyway so if it never even comes back bro i'm, I'm good in life you know so so yes i have like my my wealth positioned in so many and in my trading account as well i really have some very handsome figures sitting in my trading account, so I'm, I'm comfortable. <laughs> bro, <laughs> bro, listen, bro, listen, man, you are amazing, bro. Like, that is phenomenal, man. You have literally used this skill set to build so many different businesses, so many different income streams, and you're essentially building a legacy for your family, bro. Your family will always remember you because you are building something that will last years and years and years past your lifetime. That is amazing, man. Like legacy is the word, you know, legacy. Uh, so many people come into trading, they don't think about longevity and legacy. You know, they're only thinking about, okay, how can I just, you know, make this box or make this, we spoke about it briefly, but it's a career, you know, when we're talking about trading as a career, it's a it's a conversation that I don't think anybody has emphasized so much on, you know. And I think that you're you're even the best person to bring this conversation to the platform. You're a family man, bro. Congratulations to you. Two kids expecting the third one, right? You have a roof over your head. You're responsible for your wife, for your 
for your children. You want to be the father to them, like you said, that you didn't have. It means that you're responsible for taking them to the best of best of schools. You know, they, they never want to wake up and be like, do we have what we want to eat? You know, because daddy is supposed to provide it for us. You know, and then you have like insurance for them, you, you, you entertainment needs, uh, 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 literally everything, medical needs, clothing, you know. And, and, and what else can I even mention? And bro, the insane thing is that if you, if you put that simple title, I'm a full-time trader, what it then means is that you're expecting all the aforementioned things to be catered for by the market. How hard is it, bro? You get me? If you have a rent, it must come from trading. If you have to pay your child's school fees, it must come from trading. If you want to buy clothing, you know, so with that, I think of trading, that's what we really mean when we say think of trading as a business, you know, but it even goes beyond that. Think of trading, be be like an employee to the market. You know, it's easier for people to rather take it from that perspective than they think of it like a business. Because how many people really know how to run businesses? Not a lot of people know how to run, but so many people are easy to be an employees. So if it's hard for you to think of trading as, an, as a business, think of it as an employee. How do you think of it as an employee? If you're employed in a business, you're expecting that at the end of the month, my manager, whether the company has made money or not, they're supposed to pay me. Yes, we signed a contract. You're supposed to give me $5,000, $3,000. I don't care what the book says. I need my money. That's your responsibility in the market. In the sense that you should carve out like some more like, you can you can carve out a specific amount you want the market to pay. I mean, it's, it's not realistic, but you should know that how it's going to help you is that you know your day-to-day expenses. You know how you live your life. Okay, if you look at me, I'm paying this, I'm doing this, I'm doing this. And then at the end of the day, I need at least $1,000 to be able to like take care of my needs and then myself. You must find a way to cover that expenses up from the market before you can call yourself a full-time trader. And not just being able to do it once, being lucky to flip an account one time and be like, ah, yes, I did it. Finally, I'm a full-time. Bro, the next two months, three months, if it doesn't work that way, you go back to your village. <laughs> you know, it doesn't work that way. You need to be able to prove yourself beyond doubt. Three months, you own it. Four months, five months, six months, one year, then you can confidently start even putting things out. I'm a full-time trader because you've, you've done it. You've tested all the, all the troughs, ups and downs, and then you can be confident and you can actually you know, raise a family from trading. If you, if you don't think that way, you're going to only be appreciating dreams and people are going to sell you freaking lies and nonsense out there. You know, it's real. It's hard. It's hard. People don't speak too much about this, but so many, I feel like so many youth are just being swayed into this direction. And sometimes when you speak about these things, people don't get it. So like sometimes it's okay. I don't want to talk about it. You know, I'm living my life. I have my own part. So, and I have where I'm going. So if I can just influence you in this way, those who are taking it positively, positively are taking it. Those who are not listening, I'm just still going. But I know how it is, you know. It's not only about my experience as a trader and then knowing how to catch the bottoms and tops. I think every day, you know, currently because of my child, my mom, sister and niece are here with me i had to pay a lot of money you know tickets days accommodation they're not even living here with me and my wife they're living somewhere else 
you're a trader, you got to provide for that. Yes, you cannot just assume that Kojo millions are supposed to like not have financial problem. I have, I have grown up from the from the struggles up to this point. And even till now, I'm, I'm extremely frugal about my expenses because the, like the way I'm making money, okay, this and that, if it doesn't seem to work anymore, what is the, what is the solution, right? And there was even a conversation that came up a few a few days in a roundtable conversation I was having with a few business partners. And then one was raising the fact that he had a friend who was doing extremely well and suddenly like he was trading as well. Suddenly he had he had an eye problem. He couldn't see properly. Wow. Oh, you never know. Like you said, you never know. Wow. What are you gonna do? What preparation have you done? What savings have you done? What investment have you done? Like that is the challenge that we gotta think about. If it's not even yourself. Your mom, your dad, they're all aging our parents. If they're suddenly hospitalized and you have to take some crazy amount of money, like what is the game plan? You know? And now like I have I have a newborn, you know. So many years I had for this baby. What is, you know, we have to be serious in how deep we think about using the word full-time trader, then we just throw it around. And once you don't think about it from that employee perspective, you're gonna be living in, 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 in a wild dream. Until until life and time and age catches up with you, then you say, I wasted my time as a trader and I wasted my this. And then you're going to be a part of the negatives. You say, oh, trading, no, well, forget about that thing. I'll advise you, don't go into it. But because you didn't really think about life and trading, like, to tell you the truth, if things didn't figure out or things didn't fall in place the way I wanted it, right? In the, in the, in the last three years that I gave myself after 2017, bro, I would have been employed and I'll be proud to be employed. I don't, I don't mind. I gotta live life. I gotta grow. I gotta, I gotta just grow. That's the point. You know, I gotta get married. I gotta, I gotta just grow, you know? So I'm, I'm still like chasing this indicator formula and it's not working. I'm not growing like, like, no, I gotta still do it. No, no. You know, your mates are in different places, linking up and you're still like, life is like, you're, you're missing out in life. So when it did work for me, and and, and the, the amount of the amount of effort and focus, you know, it takes for it to work, it's not talked about enough. The grind, the proper grind, the headache, the mental agony that you gotta go through to make it work, it's not talked about enough. Until 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 people go deeply into it, you're gonna only be chasing dreams. You know, I think I've I've had only that one. Yeah, we can we can move on from there. <laughs> Wow, bro. You just blowing you blowing me away. So how long have you been married? How long has it been? Three years. Three, Three years. years. Congratulations, wow. man. Congratulations. No, actually, I've been married for I'd say a year, but I met my wife three years ago. So sometimes when you ask me, because of the way our relationship is, I feels like I've been married for three years, but I've actually been officially married for one year. But yeah. <laughs> Congratulations, man. Ladies and gentlemen, what more can I say? Kojo 4X has blessed us in a phenomenal way. My brother, thank you so much for your time. And before you get out of here, I really want you to speak from the heart and give us, and I say us because I'm still developing myself, right? I'm still falling short of what I came to Forex to achieve. So please give us some, some motivation from the heart that can help us stay motivated, stay encouraged, and stay locked in to our journey because all of our journeys are different. Give us some motivation. And then after you do that, I definitely want you to share with us where we can follow you and keep up with your journey. 
right. So, so I think I've touched on basically the most important ones, but maybe what I'll just do is re-emphasize. Trading is not um, a walk in the park type of a game, you know. For anybody that tells you that, they, they're not telling you the full truth, you know. It requires a lot of dedication and hard work. You know, we, we make a joke about saying, oh, look at doctors, it takes them seven years, blah, blah, lawyers, it takes them eight years. Why do you think trading is going to take you two months? But that's the reality, you know, you know, and and, and you can you can either, um, I'd say, lengthen your learning curve or shorten it. And then that's where mentorship comes in, you know, and so many people think that when we mention the word mentorship, it's just about, I got this man's course, so I'm in his mentorship, you know. You know, mental, like the way we be having this conversation, I have this conversation with people that are trained how to trade. You know, they need to understand like the life aspect of trading. It's all about the candles and this and buy this and that. Like, it's not enough. You know, you, you have to understand their level in life. Are you working while you're trading? Are you a full time trader? Do you have something going on? What is your responsibility? I speak to my people, I understand their level, their perspective, their challenges. And that's where you're going to be able to guide them and then you know, shape them to what really would work best for them on the market. You can't always impose your life style or perspective onto somebody. You know, they can pick some major key from there, but you're able to guide them to shape it their way. And that's where, like I said, basically like mentorship comes. So so if you want to figure out this for yourself, it can take you decades. That's why I always say that it took me a while to figure it out because I had to understand this whole school. You know, it included even learning from others as well. But at the end of the day, it came together for me. Can it come together for you if you're trying to do it by yourself? If it can, kudos, you know, just go on with it. But this is what you must think about, you know. And then the other, the other thing that I'll say is like, I think I've said it already, more like understanding trading. If you can think about it from the businessman point of view, an entrepreneur, think about it from an employee point of view and just know that it takes a lot of dedication, hard work, to continuously do what we do, you know. I said something on Twitter a few a few uh, minutes ago. Let me just refer back to it. I was saying that uh, what I just say was that there's always a lot of hard work behind the flashiness. You don't get too distracted. There's yeah. always a hard work and the flashiness. So you're gonna see Kojo is living in Dubai. Kojo is living in this trouble, bro. There's freaking hard work behind that flashiness. Don't get too distracted. Don't look at it and say, oh, look at this one. He has this. You must first think about what is it doing behind the scenes. Mm. Before you're talking to me about too much trades, I was thinking, I was, I was in the meeting, I was creating some website. I was doing so many stuff about, you know, five to ten stuffs concurrently. And I'm like, I pause all of them and said, I have a meeting. I got to attend to them. But when I come online, I'm going to post me and myself and my wife on dinner, traveling and stuff. Be like, oh, look at this man. You're not thinking about what he's doing behind the scenes. No, people gotta appreciate that one as well. That's that's just all I have to say to people. <laughs> and also, let us know where we can follow you and keep up with your journey, bro. So uh, basically, all my social media handles are Kojo Forex. K O J O F O R E X is one word. No underscore, no one, nothing. Just K O J O F O R E X on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Well, I'm not so big on Facebook, and I don't like it as well. There are a lot of people that impersonate me so don't follow me and on 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 youtube as well k-o-j-o-f-o-r-e-x yeah ladies and gentlemen it's your boy calvin the new trader kojo fx another amazing interview kojo man again 
Bro, thank you so much for your time, man. I know it's nighttime over there in Dubai, and I definitely want you to get back to the family, man. But thank you so much, my brother. And listen, I'm going to hit you up, man, because we, we, we definitely going to set up that trip to Ghana. And, uh, man, I'm just so thankful that you were able to come on and just bless us. It's not every day that you see a young brother that literally, like, you can literally be my brother. You know what I mean? that looks like me, that that comes from a similar background like me, that's been able to build literal legacy wealth, like literally legacy wealth, bro. And I'm proud of you, and I thank you for what you're doing. And uh, again, thank you for your time. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, it's your boy Calvin, the new trade, another episode for XB in a podcast. I look forward to running into you at the bank one day, but you cannot meet me there. You got to beat me there. When me and Kojo pull up to that bank, you should already be walking out. Duffel bag on your shoulder, big smile on your face. That's our way of saying we believe we all are going to be successful. Till next time, God bless you. Take care, and I'll holler at you later. Peace.